This is part two of our series on connectedness. In today's world, more and more people have a hard time connecting with one another. Even with new technologies like FaceTime, mobile phones, and all the communication apps and gadgets, people are still not connecting with one another. It's no longer just an issue of getting in touch. There are underlying reasons why people don't want to connect with one another. And as much as we desire to be loved, to be with somebody, to talk to somebody, or desire to be affirmed and accepted, more and more people sometimes resist being connected. And there's so many reasons. A father who has a, an estranged relationship with his son, or a husband and wife having difficulties being honest with one another. Close friends slowly dissipating in their relationship, and the list goes on. One of the deepest need in life is the need to be understood. We all desperately need to feel being understood, that somebody can feel what we're feeling and somebody can empathize with the situation we're in or we're going through. We all need people to connect with us. And if you don't have anyone who can connect with you, there are so many kinds of negative effects. Some of them are, you know, the per repercussions are long-term. When we begin to isolate ourselves from the world, from people, we discover a world that is different from what God has created for us. You see, God did not create you and I to be alone. God intended for us to connect with others and be a blessing to others. Many of God's promises and commands involve other people. We were created for relationships. Even God himself exemplified this when the Bible tells us about the Trinity, three in one. Three people having a relationship with one another, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They have an intertwining relationship with one another. Now, it's very important to note that relationships are designed to connect with one another. Even the greatest commandment of God speaks about connectedness. You know, in this verse, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you should love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. This verse talks about connectedness. This verse talks about relationship. This verse speaks about the kind of relationship that we should have with God and with, you know, with people around us. So today, I'm going to give you six tips on how you can get connected and closer to people. Are you ready? You want to get clo be closer to people? You know, these can be your children or your spouse or your co-workers or even your fellow believers and sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, go ahead and think of one to three people you want to be closer to or you want to be close to. Think of three people. Write them down in the back of your mind. Okay? People you want to build a relationship with. Now, if you truly want to learn and build relationship with them, connectedness is necessary. There are six steps. My first one, be deliberate in connecting. Okay, It's not an accident. This is perhaps the starting point in building a relationship with people. When I made the decision to really be close to my family, you know, years ago when my kids were just growing up, I purposefully placed it on my calendar to meet with them physically, face to face. I deliberately made it the point to build a relationship with my wife, my son, and my two daughters. 
You know what I did? I dated each one of them individually every week. Yes. Wow, that, that took a lot of, you know, commitment. My agenda was to get to know them individually. When I would travel abroad, I'd bring one of my, you know, one of my children with me in different occasions, scheduling each one so I can bond with each one of them. I have good memories with them. You know, when we go traveling, I got my daughter with me one time. We had so much fun. And it's still here in my memory. Okay? And we, we built a lot of relationship. It was the best decision I made. Today, they're all grown up. They're adults. All my ch three children, they have their, you know, separate homes. They're all independent. But we still maintain very close relationship with them. We use all means to be in touch. In fact, just this morning, I was in touch with my my uh, my daughter my two daughters separately okay we were you know they're in the states i'm here in the philippines right now and we would use facetime and we would see each other and we would talk to each other and we share our lives together to this day again aside from the children i built solid relationship with friends and co-workers who are top priorities in my list it's important to constantly be connected to them whether it be a short phone call just to see how they're doing or some long, important conversations. It is very important that it's deliberate, purposeful, right? My second tip, enjoy what they enjoy. Do you enjoy your relationship? I find it fulfilling to have relationships that are not just about work or productivity. I know of husbands and wives where their relationship is just all about work and business, like you know, pay the bills, work, take care of family, you know, all the responsibilities that goes with it. It's good to keep connected, not just by work, but also because you enjoy each other. You know, life is too short to just be about business. I connect with my family just to enjoy them. Small talk, chit chat, just laugh and joke and talk about stupid things. <laughs> it doesn't have to be all serious, right? Do your friends and the, all your friends and family feel that every time you talk to them, there's always has, has to be an issue to solve? When I call some of my close friends and family, sometimes we just keep our FaceTime on. Have you tried that? And it's just there while I'm cooking. It's just there. We don't have to talk about anything. We just want to enjoy each other's company. It's just a feeling that you just want to be with them because, because you love them. You enjoy them being around. No agenda. Nothing to talk about. Just wanting to be there with them, just hanging out. It's important that you enjoy the relationships that you have. My third tip for you is this. This has helped me a lot. Listen more. Listen more. You know, there are times when I engage and talk to people, and I'm just there to listen. Listen. Listening is sometimes very difficult because when they're talking, it's all about them and nothing about you. It actually is a good gauge and a good way to assess myself. Am I too selfish because all I want is about me? Am I too selfish to spend time with others and listen to them without my needs being met? By the way, my needs are met too. Am I connecting for them or for me? I know sometimes I do it for my sake, but there are times when I need to connect with others for their sake. Very important that we listen and care about what they care about. Do to others what you want them to do to you, right? My fourth tip, be honest. Nowadays, it's so hard to be honest. Nowadays, it's so hard to be vulnerable. Okay, good relationships should be built on honesty and truth. 
Trust is the foundation of good relationships and that, that requires being honest. This is the best way to connect. Be honest. When you do that, you'll begin to realize who your true friends are. Your true friends. Some of them, by the way, are not your real friends. By the way, not everyone you, you try to connect with will want to have an intimate relationship with you. But don't give up easily though. But after a while, you will know who your true friends are. Some of them may just be going through some situations in their personal lives. Some of them may not be ready. But there's still no excuse for not being honest. My next point, communicate with tact. Be tactful when you communicate with people. Now I'm preaching to myself. Okay, My wife rebukes me a lot when it comes to this. Sometimes I'm tactless with my words. And it causes me a lot, causes me a lot of problems. Whenever you connect with people, you have to be tactful. You have to use your words wisely. I have a few verses that I remember. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but the harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Okay, Proverbs 15. Another verse, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict. But the one who is patient comes a quarrel. Oh, by the way, you know, when you're mad, the uh, Bible calls us fools. You know, when you have a hot temper, the Bible calls them as a fool. Yeah, I, I've been a fool a lot of times though. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Oh man, this verse is so true, isn't it? Gossip destroys relationships. You know, if somebody came to me and say bad things about another person, you know what I do? I immediately confront that person to set an appointment with the person he or she is talking about. Okay, you're saying this person has something. Okay, I'm going to call him right now and you say it straight to their face, right? To clear up the air. You know, if I don't do that, then I'm just part of the, the guilt. I'm just as guilty as the person spreading the gospel, the, the gospel, the, the gossip. <laughs> another thing. Compliment publicly and correct privately. I have to repeat that. Compliment publicly and correct privately. Please, parents, never correct your children or anyone in front of other people. No matter, even if they're four-year-old, even if they're six-year-old, especially adults. This is embarrassing and you put people in a spot. You know what? They, they might have to defend themselves or not have any alternative. They might even... React to what you're saying and might cause some problems. So parents, don't correct your children publicly. Okay, don't embarrass them. I've seen a lot of parents doing that in the mall, in the grocery store, shouting at their children. This could, you know, the, the results could be terrifying. You know, many kids have become rebellious because of this. This could make the child rebellious or timid. This could have a long and lasting effect on the child. Another thing. It is such a blessing. I just want to say this. My wife is such a blessing to me. Every time I preach on a Sunday, you know, she's the one that gives me advice and tells me the things I did right and the things I should probably correct. My wife corrects me about my preaching in church, you know, even here. So I need input from someone who really cares about me. She's so tactful, though, that she gives me advice, not even after the service, but sometimes the following day when I'm ready to receive. She makes sure I'm already rested and ready to receive her rebuke <laughs> or, or correction. And that's why I love her because every time you watch this and you're saying that these are excellent preachings, 
again, I give credit to my wife. So correct privately, please, when they are ready to receive. And lastly, love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. In any relationship, there'll be disagreements. People are people. And we all have differing views of things, right? But relationships last when we don't care who is right or wrong, but care more about the other party. It's called non-disposable relationships. It's called unconditional love. This is the kind of relationship God wants us to have with one another. This is the kind of relationship Jesus showed us that we are to follow and emulate. Unconditional. It's so unconditional that he loved us at our worst. In this verse it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's relationship with us is unconditional. He loved us, period. So to summarize, to get connected, it has to be deliberate. You have to enjoy one another. You have to listen more. You have to be honest. You have to communicate with that and love unconditionally. 